Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Hey everyone, I'm Yada. And it's me, Maddox. I just want to say that I really love and miss you guys, and I'm excited to see you all again whenever that may be. I love the online services because I'm able to worship with people that I know and I love. Yes, I! <laughs> Hi, Crossroads Church family. This is Mac. And this is Patty. We just wanted to let you know we was thinking about you, and we miss you, and we love you. Hey, Crossroads family. The Abbott family here. I'm Ted. I'm Crystal. And I'm James. Hi. Hey, we're, we're the, the Rogers, Rogers family. family. I'm Anthony. I'm Lindsay. This I, is Colton. I'm Colton. And this is Carson. This is, this is and we're excited for the service today. We're glad you could join us. Crossroads family, it's Selena. And Brian, we're the Larsons. We miss everybody. Hope everybody's staying safe. We love staying connected online, but we can't wait till we can praise and worship together. Hey, Crossroads family, this is Christy. This is Kate. And this is Jeremy. We miss you guys so much, and we cannot wait to get back to church with all of you. Yes. Love you all. Love yes. everybody. We love you everybody. all. Hello, everyone. We're the Davises. I'm Julius. And I'm Petra. We're part of the Crossroads. We love our Crossroads Church, and we love our Crossroads family. And we look forward to the time that we all can meet again together at the Crossroads. Hug and shake hands. In Jesus' name. Hello, everybody. This is Mike and Donna Bond. We just wanted to say hi to y'all. I hope y'all doing well. Hey guys, glad you made it to church on time. We are the Larsons and my name is Mike Nathan. And my name is Zach. We miss going to church and seeing our church family. However, we like staying connected online. But always remember to stay positive, connected, and healthy. Hello from the elders. Good to have this opportunity to say hello to you. We miss everybody and we're praying for the whole church and uh, just waiting for the day we can get back together. Love everybody. Hello church people. And I miss you and I love you. Please have some church. Hi, I'm Carol Larson, grandma of the Larson family, and I'm happy to be here. Wish I could be with all of you in person. Miss hearing from you and getting those wonderful hugs in the morning. Hello, church family from the Brickfields. Hi. <laughs> love and miss you all. Looking forward to making up for all the missed hugs. God bless you. Bye. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Have a good one. Hello, Pastor and Sister Dummett and the Saints at the Crossroads Church. We just want to say a great big hello. We miss you and we hope you are doing well. We love you. I we love appreciate you. you. Thank you for all your prayers. Thank you so much. We appreciate each and every one of you and you're often on our minds. Thank you for your prayers and we love you from the Moreno family. I love you. Hi, Crossroads family. I love you guys. I hope you're all doing well. And I look forward to seeing you all again to worship God with you. Love you. God bless you. Hello, Hello everybody. everybody. This is Jasmine. Sister Kathy. Ashton. Julia. We love you guys. We miss you. And we look forward to getting together with you again soon. Thanks for staying connected with us. Until we get back. Let's, Let's have church in our homes. Hi, church family of the Hedges. We love and miss all of you so much. And we hope you all get to reconnect soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Crossroads Pentecostal Church. Que Dios los bendiga, hermanos. Es una bendición saludarlos. 
We give honor today to each and every one of you and to your pastors, brother and sister Demet and their great family. Amen. We are the Campbells on a mission with our new addition to Costa Rica, Luke, Samantha, and baby Asher. He just turned a year old this past week, and we give God glory and honor for what He has done and, what, and this great gift that He's given us. Amen. Amen. And so today we want to encourage you to lift your hands, to worship, to be encouraged today in song and in word. Dance today. Sing today. Lift your voice in victory because we serve a God that is in control. So rest assured, my brothers and my sisters, that our God is in control today. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Shout unto God today because we have the victory. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's have some church. Amen. It's church time. Hey, welcome back to the Crossroads in our After Easter Cyber Revival. And tonight we are so excited. We have uh, evangelist, full-time evangelist, Tim Green is going to speak to us in just a few moments. We are going to go into worship. And after we do, uh, Tim Green is going to be greeting you. And we are going to uh, hear from the Lord tonight. God is going to do some amazing things. So please tune in, share this with somebody. Amen. Worship with us. And let's just see what God will do in the next few moments. We look forward to what God's going to do. Please uh, share this with somebody and let them know we're excited to see this tonight. God's going to do amazing things. your church and make us whole ignite transform take us to a place we've never seen before because you've done the impossible we've seen our mountains move before your word it's unstoppable with expectation we declare no mountains stand before us and no weapons fall against us we're standing on your promise. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things. We know that you are able. And we've seen. We've seen that you are able. And oh, God, release your favor. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Make this your prayer today. Say renew, restore, and revive your church and make us whole, ignite, transform. Take us to a place we've never seen before. Because you've done, you've done the impossible. And we've seen our mountains move before your word. It's unstoppable with expectation we declare. No weapons form against us. We're standing on your promise. We believe in you, Lord, for greater things. We know that you are with. And we've seen. We've seen that you are with. Oh, God. Oh, God. Release your favor. We believe in you, Lord, for. Come on, wherever you are right now. Hallelujah. I want you to know that there's foundation shaking. Hallelujah, the things in your life are being shaken for a reason, and God's going to do some incredible things. Every curse can be broken off of you right now in the name of Jesus. 
say foundations are shaking and every curse is breaking strongholds are falling and greater things are coming foundations are shaking and every curse is breaking strongholds are falling and greater things are coming foundations are shaking and every curse is breaking strongholds are falling and greater things are coming. foundations foundations are shaking and every curse is breaking strongholds are falling and greater things are coming hey yeah so mountains stand before us and no weapons form against us we're standing on your promise we believe in you lord for greater things we know that you are with and we've seen we've seen that you are with oh god let's just worship him right now hallelujah god we worship you we praise you lord we thank you god hallelujah we believe you for greater things do greater things in our lives do greater things in our family do greater things in our community hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus greetings in the name of jesus what a privilege it is to be with you for this after Easter cyber revival. And I'm greatly honored to be able to be a part of this week with you here at Crossroads. Uh, thrilled to be able to minister here. I give high honor today to Pastor Dummett and his tremendous family. Great appreciation to them today. Would you join me as we take our text from the book of Luke? And we'll begin reading from chapter 18 and verse 6. Luke chapter 18 and verse 6. Jesus has just given a parable about a woman that had a desperate need. And she goes to the judge every day to express her need. The Bible makes it clear that this judge is unjust. And he does not fear man and he doesn't even fear God. But this woman comes to his courtroom every day and her request and her prayer, if you will, is so insistent and so powerful that the judge decides, even though he doesn't fear man or God, he'll give this woman a just judgment. And Jesus begins to now teach from this parable. And this is where we picked up the text. In verse six, and the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Amen. Amen. I want you to notice in our text 
that there seems to be a quick shift because the scripture is declaring that God's elect or God's beloved people are crying night and day unto him, that they have a desperate need, that they need a miracle, they need a healing, they need a financial blessing, they need relationship healing, they're desperate. And so they're crying out to him in a desperate prayer, night and day. But the scripture says that the Lord is bearing long with them. He's long suffering in their pain. He's, he's, he's making them have patience, if you will, because he's bearing long with them. And finally, we get to the next verse, which says, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. So we have a shift here. He's been bearing long with his beloved, with his elect, and they're crying night and day unto God, and then he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, and here's the question, will he find faith on the earth? I'm preaching for just a short time here today. We have an all-powerful God who's looking for faith. We have an all-powerful God who is looking for faith. You know, as you look through the scripture and you begin to study the miracle power of Jesus, uh, study his healings and his wonderful gifts of the Spirit, you'll begin to find that Jesus was uniquely uh, structured and uniquely focused to minister to the children of Israel, God's covenant chosen people. And when Jesus begins his ministry, he makes it clear as he sends out the disciples and anoints them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. He says, don't go to the Gentiles and don't go to the Samaritans because these two groups of people are an unrepented, uncovenant people. They are not prepared to receive the miraculous power of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, who he has come to give these miracles to is those that have heard the preaching of John the Baptist. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, get into covenant, have relationship with God. Those that have been prepared and repented and in covenant, and in covenant these are the ones that he has come to show his miraculous power to. As you study his life throughout the New Testament, you will find that Jesus did not perform miracles or give healings to people outside the children of Israel with just a couple of exceptions. And in these two exceptions, they are unique in this area. Both times, Jesus is blown away at their great faith. The stories are individual. In Luke 7, the centurion whose servant is sick. And Jesus goes toward the house of the centurion. And the centurion sends out word that I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. 
I'm not worthy for me to even come out and speak to you, but you just speak the word. And Jesus is blown away that he understands the authority that Jesus himself is walking in and that he knows all he has to do is speak the word. And so Jesus makes this statement. I've not seen this kind of faith, no, and not in all Israel. And this centurion receives his miracle as his servant is healed. Great faith can operate, operate outside of covenant. Great faith can operate outside of covenant. The Syrophoenician woman is the second example. And very similarly, it is understood that Jesus is trying to get some time away, some rest and relaxation, a little vacation time. He's given the job to the disciples to be armor bearers and not let anybody disturb him. But when she would just so persist and will not let the disciples deter her, Jesus finally has to speak to her. And he says this, it is not meat to give bread that's meant to the children unto dogs. And many people have said that she has, he has called her a dog, but he's referring to her unrepented Gentile-like nation that she, or Gentile nation that she is a part of. And he's saying your nation is unrepented. They are not covenant. They are not prepared. They're like dogs. And her words are truth. I understand that's who I am, but I have great faith because surely even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And again, Jesus is blown away at the great faith of this Gentile woman, and he gives the deliverance and the miracle that is needed for her daughter. These two instances are all we could find in the scripture of Jesus giving healings and miracles outside the covenant people of God. And so as we look in the scripture, we see that this is the case, that this is actually the bread Jesus spoke of to the Syrophoenician woman, that what he gives as healings and deliverances and as miracles is the daily bread he gives to his children. Indeed, if you're a child of the covenant, you have a right to his healings, to his miracles, to his blessings. I have been privileged with my family to travel now for 23, 24 years in ministry of evangelism. And we have traveled all over the world as God has opened doors and been privileged to see tremendous amount of miracles. And I find a pattern that follows, and I will bring this pattern to you as I give these examples. I'm remembering a tremendous miracle that happened in Pennsylvania. And this particular Sunday, I was scheduled to preach in eastern Pennsylvania, a Sunday morning service, travel a couple of hours toward middle Pennsylvania and preach an afternoon service, and then drive back to the original place and preach a third service, the second service for the original church service that we started in that day. And I remember as I began to preach that early Sunday morning, knowing the schedule would be close, it would be tight, we'd have to move immediately from this service to drive to the next. I began to preach and to minister, and as the Holy Ghost began to move and flow, 
I noticed sitting over in this section on the front row was a, a man and a woman that were very much giving themselves to worship and praise. And when the time came for the altar service and I had the congregation stand, they stood with tears in their eyes and hands uplifted. Their faith began to stir the gift of God in me. And I began to speak to them prophetically. Sir, ma'am, the power of God is upon you. And while you've had disappointment and hurt in your past, this is a new day. And God is going to do a healing for you. And you are going to receive a gift from God today. And the power of God began to move. The prophetic was flowing in the house. People in the altar, miracles are happening. Healings are happening. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost is happening. And I didn't get to stay for the entire church service of the altar service. Rather, Pastor Grabby, we ran out the door, got in the car and drove to the second service the afternoon in central Pennsylvania. I was amazed when we got to the service. It was already started and quickly they brought me up to the pulpit. And as I looked at the congregation, sitting on that same left side was that couple that I had ministered to in eastern Pennsylvania had somehow driven the two hours and beaten us there and were in the church service. I was a little surprised and pleasantly surprised that people that had received a blessing, a healing, a miracle, had enough faith to come to a second service. And there their worship was just as strong as it was the first time. There their praise was just as glorious as it was in the first service. And that began to stir faith in my heart. And in that altar service, I had privilege of the Holy Ghost to speak again to that couple, give a little more defining, a little more specific that God is healing in your physical body and he will give you the desires of your heart. Miracles are happening. The prophetic was in the place. Holy Ghost has fallen the altar and pastor grabbed it. We had to run to the third service. And you know, when we got to the third service, there they were again, hungry, still for another move of God, worshiping like it was the first time they were in church service that day. The Holy Ghost released me to give a prophetic word of great specificity to them that you have desired to have a baby and medically you cannot, but God has already healed your womb and within 10 months you will hold in your arms a baby that God has miraculously given you powerful services. Some 10 months later, pastor gave me a call and he was reminding me of our revival. He said, do you remember that couple? I said, I think I will never forget the three services that they sacrificed to be in that day. And he said, well, I am at the hospital right now looking through the glass window and there is their baby on the other side of this glass. God has done what is impossible to do and given them the desires of their heart. And as we're talking, he reflected and said, I watched many people in them services that needed healings and miracles, great people of God, people of great faith, but it was this couple that received their miracle. And he said, Brother Green, what's amazing to me is that they are new converts. 
They have only been in the church for a couple of weeks, only received the Holy Ghost a few days before. And all the many people that have been faithful in their stewardship and faithful in their attendance and had needs, but it was the faith of this young couple. I have seen and experienced this in many, many years of revivals all across our globe that it seems like a lot of the miracles that happen in our church services, a lot of the healings that flow in our church services are, are to new converts or to visitors or to people who are brand new in the Lord. And this seems to be a pattern that we see in our revival services. Not too long ago, I had the privilege to preach in my home state of Georgia. And I was preaching again in one of them three service Sundays that I would have to preach and minister and quickly go to the second service, preach and minister, quickly go to a third service. And, and as I'm preaching in the first service and beginning to give an altar call, I recognized that faith as an individual sitting on my right side stood up and began to walk down toward the altar. I realized that she was a guest there in the church. And so I spoke to her as she came out of her seat and began to move toward the altar. Ma'am, would you like a healing? I can see in the Holy Ghost that there is pain and there is strong discomfort in your shoulder or your upper arm. And God wants to do a miracle for you. Would you come? And she was a little surprised. This had never happened to her in a church service before. So she came right down to the pulpit where I was standing behind. And I began to speak to her that God loved her and wanted to heal her body. Tears are flowing down her face and I gave her opportunity to speak her faith. Do you believe that God loves you and that he will heal you? She's shaking her head and declaring, yes, I believe. I said, right now, I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And when I speak the name of the Lord Jesus, just lift up your hand and high toward heaven. And the pain that is in your shoulder in this region will be gone. And she's saying, okay. Her faith is strong, tears running down her face. We pray the prayer of faith. And when I speak the name of Jesus, her hand kind of goes up tentatively. But when she experiences no pain, she just throws her hand up in the air and then she's waving it around and she's jumping and she's giving praise to God. Miracles are happening in the church service. The altar service is powerful. I have to leave quickly and cannot stay around after the altar service, get to the second service. It was some time later before I was able to come back to that same church. And when I get there sometime later, perhaps months I look up and that same lady is sitting out in the congregation. And as I'm sitting on the platform area, middle of the song service, she makes her way down to the front and motions me, come, she has something to tell me. We're in the middle of church and I guess she doesn't know that we don't normally do this, but I go down to where she is and she said, do you remember me? I said, you're the one that God healed of that shoulder area discomfort. And she said, you were gone after church. I didn't get a chance to tell you. But I was diagnosed with a blood clot. And I was in severe pain. And the doctors had told me, 
it could be life-threatening. The clock could go to my heart. And, and God healed me that day. And I went back to the doctors and they confirmed that there is no more blood clot. I've had no pain and no symptoms. I rejoiced with her as she's telling me the story. And then I speak to her and say, isn't this a great church? Don't you love pastor? Isn't this a great place to worship? And she kind of dropped her head sheepishly. And she said, well, honestly, this is only the second time I've been here. And I said, you're kidding me. The last time you were here, God completely healed you, saved your life. And this is only the second time that you have joined in worship with these great people. And she said, I know, but I feel like God wants to do something special for me today. And so I began to speak to her about the power of the Holy Ghost. She needed a two-minute Bible study. And so I taught her a Bible study. Church is still going on. The service is still being singing and worship is happening. And teach her a two-minute Bible study. She raised her hand and laid hands on her head. She received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking other tongues, as she began to give God glory in that heavenly language. She's only been to two Pentecostal apostolic services in her life. And the first time she received a life-changing miracle. And the second time she received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues. Only been to two Pentecostal services. And she has received healings and an outpour of the Holy Ghost. And I look at so many others in the church service. Faithful, powerful people of God. And wonder perhaps why their miracles did not happen that day. This is a common thread that I see many times. I was preaching in the capital city of Malaysia. And in Kuala Lumpur, it is a, against the law to convert Muslims to Christianity. So there was some five or 600 in the ballroom where we had gathered for this conference. And we were celebrating with Christians as they would allow and letting the power of God move and flow in the service. And there was several different uh, languages that were represented in the house. People from China and Korea, Indonesia, Singapore, and Vietnam all over. And there were some refugees from Iran that were in the house. And, and because we couldn't have time to do all of these translating from the pulpit, those that spoke certain languages gathered in small groups. And when I would preach, there would be one there in these small groups that would translate for the group. And for example, if there was a group of those that spoke Mandarin or Tagalog and I would speak and then they would turn to that group and speak. And because of that, there was a little bit of confusion, a little bit of distraction that was happening in the ballroom. We had noticed this gentleman as he came into the church service because his T-shirt that he wore was protruding from his abdomen. You could see on his arm literally three growths or tumors, one close to his wrist, one closer down to his elbow and one on the inner side of his bicep. And we assumed that the protruding of his T-shirt was at least two or more growths in his abdomen region. And he is with the Iranian refugees receiving translation to his language. 
And as I'm preaching a simple message about the goodness of Jesus and that he is powerful and can heal your body and all you need to do is call out to him, I'm disrupted greatly as this gentleman stands to his feet and begins to holler out the name of Jesus with his dialect and with his understanding of how to pronounce the name of Jesus. It sounded a little strange at first, but we realized he's calling on the name of Jesus. He has both his hands high in the air and he's shouting the name of Jesus. And we're watching him because he's a distraction. I had quit speaking because he's so loud and distracting. And as we look at him, we're watching and the tumors on his arm began to shrivel up all three of them until in a matter of 20 30 seconds they are completely gone we look at his abdomen region and that t-shirt has settled until it's properly leaning on his stomach with no growths under there he does not realize what has happened yet someone standing by him that is watching grabs him by the arm speaks to him and when he realizes that these tumors are gone he begins to try to tell everyone in the place what has happened. His language barrier is keeping him from speaking to most of us. And finally, we just bring him down to the front, bring the translator down to the front and find out something powerful about this refugee. Not only had he not been in an apostolic Pentecostal service before, but he had never been in a Christian service. Indeed, he had never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And as I preached faith in Jesus, a man who had never heard of Jesus lifted his hands and tears flowing down his face, call on the name of Jesus. And his first time in a Christian service, he's healed. We speak to him to bring his family to the front. He brings some seven members of his family. We teach them a quick Bible study right there in the church service. All seven of them receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues. And this is the first time that they've ever heard the name of Jesus. This is a common thread that we're seeing so much in our revival services, seemingly different from the principle we see in the word of God, that the bread of our father is miracles and healings that is for his children, his covenant people, his elect, his beloved. I was preaching in the Midwest. And as I neared the end of the service, toward the back, there was a gentleman the Holy Ghost was dealing with me concerning. And I said, sir, would you stand up? God's given me a prophetic word for you. He stood up and I began to prophesy what God had given me. Today is a day of destiny for you and for your family. Come down to the front right now, sir. Bring your family. You will never be the same again. He grabbed his wife. He grabbed his daughter, maybe 10, 11-year-old girl. They came down to the front and standing just off to the right of me in the altar area. I began to speak to them what God had given me. But just at that moment, the cell phone attached to his waistband vibrated. This was a very different situation for this man because all of his family and friends knew that when he came to church, it was his habit to turn his phone completely off. So it would not ring, it would not vibrate, it would not make any noise. After church, 
he would turn his phone back on and there receive voicemails or messages, mostly very few because everybody knew him by now. And when church was going on, his phone would be turned off. But for today, whatever reason, he turned his phone on vibrate and left it on his waistband. And as I'm prophesying to him in the altar that his life would never be the same again, that his family would be changed from this moment on, that this was a moment of destiny, he looks at the vibrating cell phone and says, Preacher, this is my son from a former marriage. You said that my family would never be the same, that they would be changed. This is my family. Can I answer this real quick? I said, sir, just answer the phone. Tell him what's happening. You're in a prophetic moment. Put the phone up here on the pulpit. He did that real quickly. The phone is on the pulpit. I didn't pick it up. I just began to prophesy now to that young son who was on the other side of that phone. God knows exactly where you are at, sir. My eyes are closed as I'm prophesying to him. Hope is not lost, but the love of God that you need and the mercy and grace of God that you need is here for you right now. Lift your hands wherever you are and receive the mercy of God. And I prayed for him in the name of Jesus. And when I pick up the phone, all I can hear on the other line is the sign of this, the sound of this young man speaking other tongues as the spirit of God gives the utterance. I hand the phone back to the father and he takes the phone to the back of the church. He's going to tell the son, I'm in the middle of altar. I'll call you after service. And the son said, wait a minute, dad, you've got to know what's going on. I called you knowing that you would not answer the phone. I knew you were in church service. I knew your phone was off. I was just going to leave a message on your voicemail because I had lost all hope. And I'm standing on a busy street corner. And after I'd called you and left a message which said, I love you, Dad, I was going to jump out in front of the next tr truck that was driving by and take my life. He said, how did God know where to find me? How did God know in the midst of my hopelessness and desperateness? I wasn't even having hope. I wasn't even praying. I wasn't even going to church and God still found me. It's amazing that God can reach past circumstances when people aren't even going to church or their hearts not seemingly even turned toward God. But even people that are that far away seem to receive tremendous miracles and healings. Our text speaks directly to this situation. It speaks about the beloved of God who knows that he is their healer, who knows that he is their miracle worker, that they come to him in prayer. Lord, I've got a need. I need a miracle of healing. I need you to turn my finances around. I, I need my life to be changed. And we cry to him in the daytime and he bears long with our prayers. And we cry to him in the nighttime and he bears long with our prayers and does not answer. And oftentimes we get comfortable in God not answering our prayers of healings and miracles. As Christians... And as apostolics, 
we've learned that there's value in pain, in suffering, in journeys that we have to go through. But even Christ, to pay the price of ministry for our healing, goes to the whipping post. And his own health is destroyed at the whipping post so that he could take stripes for our healing. And the journey of his health's destruction is the ministry in him that brings healing to me, to you, to us. We know that he went his way to Calvary's hill and there the passion of Christ, the suffering is what produced in us salvation's journey. And because he went to the cross and died, we, we can die through repentance with him. Because he was buried in a borrowed tomb, we are buried with him in baptism, calling on the name of Jesus. And just like he rose on that Easter Sunday morning, we also can rise a new creature in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues. And so we know this as Christians that there is, there's value in the journeys of suffering that we go through. There's value for ministry building in our life. And there's value also for fellowship of suffering with Christ and developing of our character and working within us what we need to be to be Christians. But all of these journeys are beginning and all of these journeys also have an ending. They have a starting place and they have a finished place. The cup of suffering has a certain amount of volume. And once that cup has been drunk, all the dregs of that sorrow, of that journey, of that pain are done. All the suffering that we have gone through and from that beginning to that finish is completed. And now that it has been produced in us, the fruition of that suffering has produced in us ministry and Christian character. God does not want us to suffer one more moment than we have to. He wanted to put us through this journey for the value it would be in us. But once we've gone through the journey, now he doesn't want one moment, one second of suffering more. So he comes speedily to do a miracle for us. He's been long bearing because of the journey of ministry and the journey of companionship and the journey of understanding Christian character. But now that that's developed, he's coming quickly to do a miracle for us. But here's what our text says. When the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Traditionally, we have spoken of this particular text as the second coming of Christ. And when he comes back to receive his bride, will there be operation of faith? But in context, this verse is telling us this, that once all the suffering has happened, once we have gone through all the pain, once we have gone through all the journey that produces what God wanted to produce in us. And now he comes quickly. Now he comes very immediately. Now he comes abruptly because he doesn't want us to suffer any more moment. Too often 
we have become so content with the journey of suffering, believing like Job that we will just suffer even perhaps until our death, believing like those that we read of in Hebrews that there will be no deliverance for us, no healing for us, no miracle for us, that when he comes to bring a miracle, a healing, there's no longer faith in the seasoned saints of God, in beautiful, powerful children of the King, in his beloved and his elect. They only have faith in his presence and no longer faith in his miracle power for their life. And his question in this text is when he comes to bring the healing because the journey should be over with. The pain should be finished. That part should be gone. And he comes to do a miracle. Is there still someone here that has faith for healing? I prophesy to you, Radcliffe, those that are listening to this service, those that are hearing in this general area, this geographical area of Kentucky, even beyond those that are watching online, that if you can have faith, child of God, if you're a covenant of the king and you have faith today, for many of you, I prophesy, your journey of suffering has come to an end and it is time for you to receive your healing and your miracle. It's time right now to use your faith, not just to be sustained, not just to go on one more day, but to let your faith be strong enough to reach out one more time for a healing. Reach out one more time for a miracle. Reach out one more time for the supernatural in your life. God is here. You are his child, his elect, his beloved, and your father is here quickly to do a miracle for you. Right now, it's time for your faith to respond. Would you make an approach toward God by simply standing to your feet wherever you are in your living room or wherever you're watching this? Would you stand to your feet and lift your hands high and begin to confess your faith, not just your faith that he loves you and has been with you through all the trials and the tribulation, but your faith that now is the time for your miracle, for your healing and lift your hands high. I want to pray a prayer of faith right now for your miracle and for your healing. By the power of the name of Jesus and by the authority of the word of God, I'm speaking that your children today would receive a miracle into their physical bodies. That your children today would receive a miracle into their life. That there be a miracle of finance, a miracle of relationship, a miracle of salvation, a miracle of healing. I speak this right now by the power of the name of Jesus Christ and the authority of the word of God. In Jesus' name, Receive your miracle. In Jesus' name, receive your healing. Now, would you lift your voice right now in praise? Lift your voice in worship right now and let the power of the Holy Ghost begin to minister to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pastor Dummett, would you take the rest of this service in the name of Jesus?
Amen. God is so good, isn't he? We're so thankful, amen, for healing. We're so thankful for deliverance. If you need healing in your body right now, let's just pray, amen. I believe that God is going to heal. Uh, God is going to deliver. If you are in pain right now, amen, I want you to believe with me that God is able to heal and to deliver. He's able to take away every pain right now in the name of Jesus. We take authority over sin. We take authority over sickness. Lord, we cast disease out right Right now, by the authority and the power in the name of Jesus, we believe that by your stripes we are healed and we receive it tonight, God. We want to believe you, Lord, for greater things than we've seen in our lives. And God, we make our homes an altar. We make our homes a prayer closet right now. And God, we believe that you are touching our body. By your stripes, we receive that healing. And God, we command sickness to go. We command pain to go. We, we command habits to go, Lord. And we uh, bring ourselves into subjection to you. Lord, we surrender to you right now and we give you complete control. Have your way in our bodies. Have your way in our spirit right now. And God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise in advance right now. Why don't you praise him? Amen. Why don't you praise him like the pain's gone? Why don't you praise him? Amen. Right now, like the disease and the sickness has left your body. Why don't you praise him right now? God, we praise you. We give you thanks and we give you glory for what you have already done. We receive complete healing healing God by your power and by your stripes that we're healed in Jesus name in Jesus name amen I want to hear the reports of what God's doing in your life in your home in your family in your body right now amen share those reports with us if you need us to pray for you if you want to be baptized tonight amen if you uh, just need somebody to uh, uh, talk to why don't you contact us let us know we're standing by we want to hear from you amen may God bless you we look forward to a brand new uh, content tomorrow night brand new speaker we're going to have a great time 6 and 7 p.m. tomorrow. Don't forget, join us for our after Easter cyber revival at the crossroads. May God bless you. Amen. This is Pastor AJ Dunn is saying God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us.